This is going to be great! New jobs and no mysterious threats to get in our way! No mysterious threats! Hello and good evening for this Thursday, November 2nd, 2023. Star Trek Lower Decks fourth season has concluded with episode 10 titled Old Friends, New Planets. But we're just getting started here on Live Long and Podcast for our live stream review, streaming here uh, on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitch. Or you might be listening to us on the audio version. I'm Dave Mater, and I'm joined with a great panel here to break this all down tonight. Talk about this episode. Spoiler alert. If you don't even watch the episode, probably don't want to stick around. Well, maybe you do. But uh, with us, uh, as always, is my cousin and yours, the locutor of Trek himself, Gavin Skillhorn. Well, I do declare, Cousin Dave, this episode was as fine as a <laughs> September day. I don't know what you thought. Oh, it, it is twaining. He's twaining. You know, we, we only get along when we're twaining. We only agree when we're twaining. Uh, and, I'm uh, just here for the bloodless coup. I don't know. Yeah, mm. it's a, they're bloodless though. We can't be uh, firing on those ships. And uh, also joining us once again, um, our friend and yours, we got Merrick. Hey guys, good to be here. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about this episode. I'm excited too. And Merrick now has proper audio engineering and he can not hear himself in his own ears. So yeah. isn't that nice? Saving my sanity. <laughs> uh, uh, we're, we're, we're not sure what happened with Chris Worldmind Murphy uh, to round out our panel. Uh, we imagine he's probably held up from work. So he might mm. uh, join us at some point on the podcast. But work mind Murphy. Yeah, work, work mind, mind Murphy. Murphy. Um, guys, so uh, we already gave the spoiler alert, I believe, but uh, just uh, before we get, go any further, let's uh, just put that out there. Even the title of this episode, guys, um, oh, whoops, got to turn off those uh, headlights. Um, the title of this episode was not even out, in, I think, until today. Like, mm -hmm. they really uh, kept this a pretty closely guarded thing, um, especially in last week, too, with that episode. Um, and we saw the conclusion here, I guess, uh, over, oh, I don't know what the big headline here is coming out of this episode. Nick Lacarno's dead by the end of this episode, so he they brought him back. Nick, uh, Nick, <laughs> barely knew ye. Uh, hi everyone, says Norman. Uh, there needs to be discussion where we classify Nick Lacarno as a villain. I don't think he is an S class. That's true. We well, do have our villain tier ranking. Yeah. Uh, and we'll have to Nick put him on there. You're gonna have to Nick sandwich Lacarno. him in somewhere. Yeah, that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I don't think he's an S tier either. Do you have like an M tier for like misguided villain? Like I feel like he's not <laughs> super evil. He was just a misguided soul. <laughs> he was. Uh, you just gotta feel like he was man. done a bit dirty. Like, yeah. I mean, you heard it in his life voice, man. It's like my perfect him. life was stolen from me. Yeah. Like, and it's it's true. I feel bad for him. Yeah. But I don't, on the other <laughs> hand, too. Um, I, I, I do love the way that Robert Dunk McNeil played him. I thought that that really worked. Of course, we get uh, Will Whedon back, uh, voicing Wesley Crusher again in this episode. Uh, was it? I, I couldn't yeah. tell. It, it was, was him. him. It was him. And and I actually love this about Lower Decks, and I've said it maybe like a dozen times now. But if they take the time to bring someone back, they get the voice. Like, they've never cheated that. You know, they actually get the real actor for every single person that, that they bring back. And if they can't, they don't bring them back. I, I just think that's like a real integrity for the show that I like. Yeah, absolutely. And Shannon Phil uh, playing Cito Jaxa once again. Uh, oh, I was wondering. 
God. Yeah. Because you couldn't tell because she's her voice is aged a bit. Yeah. Yeah, she, that's uh, true. And you don't hear it a lot. So yeah. when she when she spoke, I was like, that sounds like probably what uh, Shannon Field sounds like now. And it is, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, and that's fine. I think that that's would have been a disservice to get like somebody who just sounds younger to do it. Um, yeah. Do you so, guys think uh, Nick Lacano looks anything like Tom Paris? Not at all. I don't uh, see it. I don't see the resemblance. Uh, <laughs> I got. I've been waiting to make that joke all day. It looks I, like I Tom Paris. Exactly I don't see it. The they have like the same face. They're identical. <laughs> no, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. No. I just see it. <laughs> Boimler's the best. Yeah. Um, the Maquis would like a word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great line. <laughs> There's some great lines in this. Uh, uh, guys, so overall, the episode, how how much did you enjoy this? I know we'll get to our ratings later, but are you coming in uh, pretty positive, um, Merrick? Or uh, how are you feeling about it? Absolutely positive. I Listen, I definitely had... I, I think this is a case of if there was some negativity experienced by anybody, and I'll, I'll I'll preface it with I've been hearing negative things, right? So I was telling Dave before this podcast that we do like the the live stream of the episode in our community right before we walk in here. So I just watched this, right? But that means that I've been hearing Australians talk about it since last night. Like that's basically I, oh, I, wow. I, I always have to avoid things because we have some people in our those our Australians channel. being tomorrow already. What's I know they're yeah. cheating and time traveling, uh wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. So I I got the impression that there's a, a significant portion of the Trek community that didn't like it or felt like they were at least let down in some way. But I think that is merely a side effect of having such a crescendo built up over an entire season and everyone having all of these different ideas. I think if it wasn't dragged out that long and you had built up all these things, it would just be a great episode. I really enjoyed it personally. Me too. Me too. Uh, Davin. Oh yeah. I love this episode. And you got your space battle, Dave. You were just craving for it last episode. I was you craving a space really. battle and this was pretty good. <laughs> and I did have some, some good moments, but I, overall, as a cohesive episode, this didn't work as well for me as last episode. Um, I think mm. there was a couple, I have a couple nitpicks, a couple things I was, I, I thought like slowed the story down, mostly to do with Tendi and this whole thing with her sister. Uh, I thought it was yeah, kind Erica. of, yeah, did Erica and her <laughs> going and, and, and like, that's how the episode ends with Tendi going back with her sister yeah. to Orion. And I was just like, do we need this? But if you're going to do this, I guess do it between seasons and maybe like add all this um, extra character development to Tendi. I don't know where we're going to pick up next. Mm. I think that's exactly what it is. We, we It was wrapped up in such a nice little bow uh, as the, you know, the closing minutes were coming down in the episode. I was like, okay, so the the big cliffhanger right there has to be one like what what is what is it going to be and because there's always like this requisite period of time passing between seasons in any one of these kinds of shows so you have to build up a, a preface or a premise rather uh and then expound upon it as as a bunch of months have have sort of transpired over the course of that break so i'm excited to see it it maybe isn't the most exciting one and it's very it's a very sad one i felt like it was a nice send-off to tendy i really appreciated the music by the way can you guys place the music? Because I can't tell you exactly what it was from during that send off at the end, but it's it's classic track. No, I don't. I didn't pick up on that. It wasn't like the MacGyver music I had the other night on the uh, Enterprise episode. Uh, um, <laughs> now we see the the real reason Talin was brought in because they need a fourth, and they were planning on sending Tendi off for a bit. 
oh, but please just have it be a temporary thing. Or that she takes over the entire Orion syndicate and then comes back triumphantly or something like that. Some, something's got to happen. She'll be Everybody back. Everybody loves her. Like, she'll be back. Three, three episodes in next season. She'll yeah. Cool. Well, it, it'd be curious to see what kind of a time jump we get, if any, between this season and next. Because um, th- it has been 2381 for the for three seasons now on lower decks <laughs> uh so i'm like is it event is it is eventually is going to be a new year or are we still in the same year because the show starts <laughs> in 2380 then season two three and four are all in 2381 um and i, I guess we'll get to 2382 next year but maybe not i guess it's only 10 episode seasons yeah, it is true, <laughs> and they're only thirty minutes each, so only so much time is true. It's completely plausible. It's just, uh, you know, I think they're they're taking their time. I don't think they're in a hurry to catch up to some of the stuff that comes in the mid '80s, like the destruction of Romulus, uh, like Picard going mm-hmm. off and making that fleet and trying to save all the Romulan refugees. Um, that is an excellent point because of where it happens to be sandwiched in the timeline. They must have that in mind. That this is an entire show of connections and references and. All this stuff, like they've got to have a very and and they're they're huge trekkies. They're not going to just leave something glaringly wrong, right? So like that's what I love about the show. So my imagining is is that the the uh, the showrunners have got like this big fancy timeline up on the wall, and they got to know exactly what they're doing here. I hope so, but I and I feel like they do. Like they really respect it. You see it in this episode where we start to thirteen years ago at Starfleet Academy and oh. how it, how it's it's uh, so faithful to like the next generation and all those shows right without Mm -hmm. trying to reinvent them or trying to brush this aside or that i love how it it sort of embraces all of it Mm -hmm. and that's why i'm like if i could pick somebody to like be the successor to alex kurtzman it would be mike mcmahon because i feel like his direction on this show has been so uh, spot on and he really understands star trek um his love for the subject for the for the content man for the subject material Mm -hmm. like you could just tell there's a passion there for it. you have to have that to be able to do what he's done and i don't i didn't always feel that in some of these newer trek iterations that we've gotten you know um (laughs) in the last few years (laughs) that they've had to course correct a few times uh and you know but i get that from mike mcmahon i get that from lower decks um yeah. just in the same way i do i know we always got to plug star trek online especially when me and merrick are here heck yeah uh, man <laughs> but but that's what i also really love about that game is that i feel like yeah. the creators and the writers of that game really understand star trek and really love it you know They're even fans the first yeah even the, the weird thing. stuff you know even the stupid yeah. stuff if you guys want to sto mance for a bit i can just take <laughs> off and go back. no but it, but it really is like Without going into any detail at all, STO served the purpose of Lower Decks before Lower Decks. It was the thing that was just connecting the dots and throwing out references and bringing people back for fun and telling jokes that only Trekkies would understand and all this stuff like that was all here. And that's what the show does so well. And I agree with you, Dave. I think that uh, having every time they do a connection like that, when they brought it back and they and they had Mariner show up at Starfleet Academy with with red squad or, or not red squad nova, squad. nova, nova squad and had uh and had her directly walk up and speak with wesley crusher like that anchors the show that anchors the timeline in like the coolest way like i just love doing that like now i feel closer to understanding exactly where and when everything was and how this fits into it like the idea that mariner was just hanging out at starfleet academy at the same time is sort of like a tag along to yeah. nova squad she's, like, she's so an honorary cool. member of nova squad yeah Would you guys have preferred a Lacarno redemption story or this? Oh, that's an uh, excellent question. I think uh, I think I would have liked to have seen some humanity from him at the end instead of him just trying to shoot Mariner in the face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
because uh, you know she says you're not a murderer that's why you you only transported those people and he goes well i guess i have you know so that was where i was like well then you're, you're a straight up villain um yeah and that's what he had become my my actual thought on that is that i think it would have been a way better opportunity for a redemption arc i i would have wanted that because i always held on to that at the end there like he was misguided he definitely he definitely wasn't evil he was on top of the world and he was trying to finish out the the year or whatever on top and he really did care about his crew they made a reckless decision but in in true trek fashion in my opinion like if it would have been done not in lower decks but in next gen my hope would have been and my assumption would have been that it would have been a redemption arc do you want did you want to tackle that question that we just had on the live stream that was asking how soon do we get um the nick lacarno nova one ship in star trek online <laughs> how about the vertical romulan warbird i mean there's a lot of yeah right things that that's, that's the one yeah. that caught my eye. i know we had seen that before <laughs> in like the, the the episode where the romulans we thought had been destroyed but weren't but that, yeah, like that yeah. really cool design like how they've just um flipped out the orientation of like the main command module i guess the yeah. forward section and uh, a dual color you get that weird like uh like the green on the outside and that weird br brownish uh, on the inside yeah yeah, yeah. look cool uh okay guys let's run through the screenshots so we can hit all the beats um and remember everything that we uh, saw and see if anything else and jody had also just made a comment that he you know he was said it was a uh, not bad but a little disappointing so um mm. we did get the 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 previously on you know which was all about how this egg ship, which we come to know as Nick Lacarno's ship, was taking all the ships and 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 seemingly destroying them, but it actually turned out they weren't. It was all Nick Lacarno. This Genesis device that had been set up uh, in the when the Ferengi ship had been abducted uh, turns out to actually matter quite a bit um, mm -hmm. as it plays out that how destructive and powerful of a of a device it is, um, as we know from the Wrath of Khan. Um, and uh and, and the, the mystery that had all been built up here mariner getting transported away um with romulans the binars <laughs> everyone else involved here uh um, trinars you mean the trinars <laughs> can, can you, you have, have three binars <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was interesting and and where we had left off in the last episode with the nick lacarno reveal um i i was trying i, I didn't pick up what that symbol was on his jacket until oh gosh, I'm like, of course, it's the the starburst thing with the five uh, Colbert symbols. Starburst. Colbert star starburst. I was so disappointed in all of us that we did not Me pick too. that out when we first saw it, man. Yeah, it <laughs> we would be the sense. ones who would catch that, you guys. Right. Well, yeah, we should have we should have known. Um, and that's where we had been. That was the cliffhanger. So then we actually get into the episode proper, which starts off with this flashback. 13 years ago, 2368, Starfleet Academy, before um, the events of the First Duty episode from Next I Generation. Love it, yeah. uh, we see Nick Lacarno, uh, who just looks like Tom Paris. I don't know if you see the resemblance, but uh, I do. Uh, Cito Jackson. We get to see Joshua Gosh, Albert. For the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. First time. He was dead in that episode already. He was the one well, killed. And look uh, how stressed the poor guy is. He's clearly having some problems. Yeah, he's, he's having <laughs> That's a good, good catch. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's the only thing we know about him was that he was really stressed and not not in, in in the right place for them. We are missing the fifth member of Nova Squadron. They're not here for some reason. Jean Jean Hajar, Jean Hajar, that was her name. Uh, mm. She she was one of the other cadets. She's uh, the Colvard Starburst. My guess is that it's because they couldn't get her as an actress. Because again, like I, I swear, they've been so consistent with it. It just seems like it would be a weird. A weird well, they could they could have just drawn her there and not had her talk as well. But um, but have they done that either? Like, really, they've been so on top of that this whole show. I, I don't think they've even drawn someone who wasn't brought back. I, I, it just makes me curious. Like, I'd like to look that up. 
Yeah. Uh, is, uh, you might be right about that. Um, also, yeah, you can see there Wesley Crusher looking at the maneuver on his pad, and we see that symbol mm. uh, of the Colvert Starburst uh, played out. And of course, Nick Lacarno was all brushing it off. We have to impress Captain Picard, Wesley, you know, from when he comes to the commencement. Uh, and how he sold them on doing this, um, you know, them all worshiping. And then we get to see her Mariner interacting with them uh, here, uh, the younger Mariner. Who, who Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed Mariner. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Looking up to Cito Jaxa. Wesley Crusher completely ignoring her mostly, uh, just focused <laughs> always on the, the equations. Um, and, you know, and, and she's not a member of Nova Squadron, but we're told by Nick that she was kind of um, an Jun honorary. Honorary junior member. Yeah. Right, because uh, I think she only has yeah no they both have the same number of pips so they were in the same oh no Cedo Jackson has three and Wesley has two, uh, so so I guess so Mariner and Wesley are in the same year I guess whatever you want to call it does that mean uh, we can infer her age exactly do we know her age exactly uh, we can Mariner? infer it if she's the same age as Wesley basically yeah you know so uh, um, so she yeah, she'd be I don't know probably thirty something by in, 30 in something. the show mm. yeah. Uh, and and she and she's like, what's going on, Cito? Are you guys planning some uh, dangerous maneuver that's going to get you killed and ostracized here at Starfleet, Starfleet Academy? No, I'm not. You know, all, all those things. Poor Cito. And how everyone, how they followed Nick Lacarno so much back in that time. That's what that episode also established. You know, we're mm -hmm. Novus, not Red. I want. I keep wanting to call them Red Squad, but oh, no, I got to keep doing it too. Yeah. The flashback may have worked better. A comment here from Damon. Uh, the flashback may have worked better if any of the three episodes related to Mariner's self-destructive behavior to give it context and foreshadow these characters in Mariner's breakdown last week. Mm. Maybe. Um, uh, but Although I think it would have been given too much away. So I think that's why we get it here. Uh, so then we come back to present day uh, where uh, Lacarno's like, well, I'm so glad you're here, Mariner. You're my old friend from Nova Squadron. And she's a little skeptical. Like, I barely knew you back then. And um, Dave, you're all about fashion. Would you wear a covert starburst jacket? I don't mind this jacket and getup he's got going. It's not. It's I've seen worse. Uh, I'm planning next year's Halloween costume already, man. I I, <laughs> I want the coats. I think that's. I cool. don't mind this popped collar. I you know the yeah, gloves right. were also working for me. I, I, and I it's still so. got the top of the shoulders Starfleet vibe. You know that's uh, that's yeah. such the iconic look. It's almost like that mercenary outfit in Star Trek Online. Uh, yes, actually. <laughs> So, especially those boots. Although, um, when you zoomed in on it a second ago, I felt like it really was a trench coat. But now zooming out, it's it's clearly it's not. More of just a jacket, yeah. Just a jacket, yeah. It's not. I've seen definitely worse. Uh, like those outpost uh, outpost scientists. Uh, <laughs> they got no fashion. Those outposts. Oh, they always have huge pockets, like right here. And stuff. They're so weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Nick Lacarno shows off what he's been building here. It's Nova Squadron, Nova Fleet. Um, you know, his ship being Nova One, and that they're so his whole plot here was pulling together the disenfranchised lower deckers of multiple species, the Romulans, mm. the Klingons, and uh the Binars, I guess, and the Ferengi, the Orions, to form this new coalition of people who just don't want to work for jerk bosses, I guess. Is and yet none Nova of the other misfit Starfleet officers. No so like I was totally wrong about uh, uh, Thomas Riker. Remember, I was so sure we were going to see at least one, and I thought, you know, uh, or seven of nine or Beverly Crusher. Yeah, yeah, but I, nope. I felt like it was most likely that maybe Franks would come back and do that, just just a little one-off thing. But I, I was totally wrong. They brought back none of them. They just listed a bunch of names. 
Yeah, uh, they just listed them off just to first go. Oh, I know that name. Uh, but yeah, it was weird for them to, to mention it without paying it off. Uh, how was he able to convince all those lower deck aliens? I don't know. He's very convincing. We know that Nick Lacarno can convince Wesley Crusher to do something illegal. So I was going to say that's what he said about him. He's just like he's a leader of men. That Nick Lacarno, they love him like they love their parents. They love him so much. Right. They love told that us Nick Lacarno. Yeah. <laughs> Boothby broke it all down for us about Nick Lacarno. If Nick oh, Lacarno is good at one thing, he's very persuasive, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, do you think in a fella, the, the an old fella like Boothby, uh, people watching young children like he often does, would be acceptable these days? Do you think that was a bit of a bygone era kind of observation from Boothby? Um, he spends right. a lot of time looking at uh, college kids. If, if that is a relic of a bygone era, then I think it's something that is sad that we've lost. I, I, I don't think <laughs> that, that, like, truly, not to get serious, but I, I think that you might be right that it might be. And I think that's a sad thing and not a, not a good thing. He was a, a mentor, a, a somebody who really helped, a wise person that helped mm -hmm. the kids. Obviously, it wasn't even enough, but it was at least something. These I'm days, these young kids, gardener, they like have no myself. positive role models. <laughs> he taught Chakotay how to box. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, the Maquis Mahler, even though that was before he was in the Maquis. <laughs> so, um, anyway. He was on drugs or something. That was a weird he episode. Was. He was in some kind of a fever dream or something like that. Um, so, okay. So then we get the title card after the teaser of this episode. Old friends, new planets. Um, we, uh, we get the admirals here, that other admiral that was a complete idiot in the Ferengi episode. Uh, mm -hmm. Along with Mariner's father, Buen Amigo. No, he no, no. This is a different oh, no. admiral. Yeah. yeah, Buen Amigo was the bad one with the uh, Texas class. The uh... yeah, uh, forgot this one. Was this, this the one that yeah, mispronounces this... things? Sensors? Is this sensors? Yeah, it might be sensors. He was the one who was like giving away everything to to like uh, to Rom and them and to Lita. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, he's also voiced by um, Fred Tashatore, who does Shacks. Um, and as we and we had Phil Lamar, of course, back as Mariner's father, um, Admiral Freeman, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still trying to figure out why Beckett Mariner has a different last name than her parents. That's still yet to be revealed. Um, oh, then both of her parents. Yeah, they both. He's Freemans. not Admiral Mariner. He's no, Admiral he's Admiral Freeman. Admiral Freeman. Oh my God, you're right, Alonzo yeah. Freeman. So, what, like, is there going to be some backstory that Mariner was maybe married, or she just has a different name for some reason? Uh, but anyway. I think it's just her first and middle name, and that's what she goes by. Maybe, maybe she, it's her stage name. Um, <laughs> Beckett be Mariner so Freeman, <laughs> because she is the daughter of an admiral and a captain, and perhaps just to separate herself from that. Um, Freeman's, Freeman's maiden. maiden name, uh, huh? Maybe, perhaps. We should look into this. I've literally never thought about it until just now. Yeah, I I've just been gone. waiting for them to tell us, but they yeah. haven't. <laughs> They're not in a hurry. So, no. Nope. Um, anyway, so, but anyway, the admirals, of course, are ruining everything as they always do, especially mm -hmm. the, the, that, um, uh, this one admiral whose name escapes me, but he was like, no, Stupid we can't go. Admirals. There's a, these are bloodless coups and we can't get involved and we got to let the diplomats sort it out. And Captain Freeman just wants to go save Mariner. So, um, uh, we might have to rank admirals next. Yeah, like rank like, rank the worst, <laughs> worst to best. Because the there's not many best ones. <laughs> not there's many best. Hardly any Admiral good Janeway. Ones. <laughs> Admiral Janeway, I, maybe like Admiral Bill Ross. Freeman. Uh, Bill, good old Bill Ross, even though he was yeah, in good old Bill Ross. What about Nechev? How do you feel about? Because that's like a that's like a both. You know, she gets the job done. She's she like does. a jellico type. 
Her the speech yeah. she gave to Picard yeah. was great. She's like, the next time you're given an order to, uh, to safeguard Federation citizens, don't wrestle your conscience, just kill the Borg. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> isn't he the one that that he like buttered up by like making her favorite treats? Uh, yeah, yeah, she likes the canapes. Uh, yeah, that's I, it. I might argue if you've never betrayed Starfleet, you're an S tier admiral. Oh, uh, just, yeah, then maybe so. <laughs> what if you're like Cap, uh, Admiral Kirk, who also disobeyed orders and uh, stole the ship and got demoted? Where does he fall? Um, well, well yeah, demoted is not reason. good. Yeah, but uh, well, so if we do this list, we also we, have to include commodores as admirals, right? Is that how they are part of the admiral? They've team. included them as captains. You They're in this commodores. middle ground. They're in this. Oh, middle but you should include them at. For the for the service of ranking them, you should put the because they're always ahead of the captain and they're still always evil. So they really are the admirals of the day. Almost right all now. commodores have shown to be evil, except yeah. for Lady LaForge. She's the only. <laughs> they good started commodore. the admiral meme. In fact, it was them yeah. first. A commodore is the lowest level of admiralty, but they're they're mm. often in command of starships as well. So they're kind of captains and admirals, but like they're kind of in this weird um, middle ground. So. So anyway, so we get catch up here. Okay, we can see a great shot of that Romulan ship here in this shot, mm. with how it's uh, just the the orientation of the nacelles on the top and bottom instead oh. of. And I was wrong. It's I orange like on it. the outside and green on I the like inside. It. I yeah, think that's a light. Is uh, it? Oh, because it's hitting the the yeah. the bird of prey in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So you think it's you think it's it's actually all green? Uh, green mostly gray. I well, thought it was green, wings green and gray. gray. And there's there is a bit of red here that's that's coming onto it, but yeah, huh. that's a cool design for a warbird. Um, mm -hmm. um, anyway, so uh, catch up here with Nick. He's showing around. We'll Directed on our ship's rankings. Mariner's just like, yeah. oh, I, I love your ship. It's so white, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> no, no Starfleet wood paneling and pink <laughs> no carpet or wood paneling. Designed it myself. <laughs> <laughs> made it look like an apple store um, he made it look like the 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 motion picture enterprise that's that's the vibe that I got it looks a, yeah it looks like that that it looks kind of like star wars even a little uh, yeah yeah it's got, got, it's like got, the motion picture uniform yeah kind of like yeah. playing along pretending like she's she's friends with the clarno just to get uh, uh some information <laughs> she goes hey what up binars um <laughs> triners uh, this really threw me to. off I, when I saw I saw this episode is written by Mae Darman. I was like, who is that? I've never seen this name come up in any credits before. And I looked it up. I, I don't I think this is the first credit, which was odd to me that hmm. the finale of the season was given to a new writer. But um, that's where we go. Oh, hey, there's World Mind. Uh, Picarno oh. spent months scheming to get all of those lower decks to mutiny and renegade uh, builds a Nova fleet and a solar system bubble shield. It's all taken down by a single Starfleet junior lieutenant and an Orion rock. And, okay, and another shout guys... out to what Damon said about the uh, like he never used his weird beam from his ship during the whole thing. Like he did that in the first, you know. Yeah, yeah he up, has this great weapon he never uses. Yes, um, that's true. Murphy well. brings up a good point there. I think though, like, what do you guys think of this Trinar shield? Oh, you mean you mean the Q wall? Yeah, it was a Q wall. <laughs> so clearly a Q wall, and they didn't even make any reference to that. I just thought that was the weirdest thing. Yeah, it was a bit unusual. A uh, pretty powerful weapon, and then the Carno's obsession with the, the the Genesis device. But yeah, yeah. Uh, this is where they get the hail from. Yeah, this is where Nick Lacarno gives his big speech about you know oh, what he's love this scene <laughs> yeah his evil his plan uh whatever this is where yeah where rutherford does he look like tom paris i don't see it <laughs> i don't see you it know? i don't see it what are you talking about they literally have the same face um yeah nick lacarno giving his uh 
his plan. Boimler how- can't see a bad guy and a good guy looking the same. That doesn't enter into Boimler's world. I think right. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not the same. Uh, you know, and so the crew there facing off against this uh, Nick Lacarno calling out to all the lower deckers, not just on the Cerritos, but on like this Andorian ship we see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't need to have like, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe we should go with that, Tom Perry. Maybe we should try to know thinking about it. <laughs> Even Petra Aberdeen's uh, lower deckers yep. are appealed to uh, huh. here in the. Uh, who are these guys? I don't even know what costume that is. Do you it almost think? looks like a Kona. <laughs> it's a Kona's pony. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't recognize huh. what episodes that from. Oh, we got a Tamarian ship here. Yeah, and a uh, buff one in a towel on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the bridge. That's their quarters. There's a bed there. Yeah. This it's, is oh, like, okay. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like the bunk beds that we had in the Cerritos sort of thing. Um, yeah, and, and we're gonna get this all going on here. So. Uh, Nick Lucardo showing it here. We're in the Detrion system and we have our Q wall, our Trinar shield. <laughs> really dumb. Uh, and then they said, well, what is this guy's deal? And then it's explained again. Then he got somebody killed. He got kicked out of Starfleet. Uh, I think um, Dr. Tiana calls her, just calls him a dick or a complete idiot. Which I think uh, is the only line she an has asshole. for the whole show. An asshole. <laughs> Yeah. And he has, he's like, if you try to stop us, anybody, we have this Genesis device and we will destroy it. Um, whatever. Like he has, a, he's like a, a, a terrorist threat. And he's like, and just then uh, I have somebody here who wants to talk to you. It's Mariner. Why don't you go? Uh, this was great. Uh, I love hey, this. what up, everyone? I have an important message for all you lower deckers out there. This guy sucks. What? He's an idiot and his plan is stupid. He's going to get you all killed because he only cares about himself. <laughs> <laughs> This guy sucks. He's, he's, so much. he's always drop kicking things. Like that's her go to. <laughs> She's such a legend. Yeah, yeah. that's so good. Uh, the Bidar is <laughs> trying to get her. She runs off with the Genesis device right out of the bridge. Uh, Captain Freeman, very proud. Who she immediately uh, starts to like anthropomorphize into her first officer, and uh, like just love the interactions between her and the Genesis bomb. Yeah. Uh, also here, so Mar- uh, Fre- Captain Freeman says, uh, "Guys, we need to go save Mariner." Of course, we're on orders not to try to do this, but uh, you know, if any of you don't want to come along, you don't have to. Of course, like talk about peer pressure. Um, you know, they're all. What are they going to do? Like take an escape pod and go off? But in classic Starfleet tradition, they all say yes. Of they course. all want to disobey orders, so they're going <laughs> to do it. We even see. Uh, Is that Goodie? Goodie's there, <laughs> helping Goodie. I st- like Gucci. Working on a self-stealing stem bolt there. Um, oh my God, you're right. She is. Yeah. How do you know uh, it's self-sealing? I don't know. It could be non-self-sealing, but I imagine <laughs> because it says it on the manifest. It says it there. So they're gonna get going here. Uh, you know, they're all with her. Like, we're all gonna do it. Uh, all departments are going to risk go for this rescue mission. Even even Talin is down for this, you know. She's she's like, we have to go for it. All the departments are checking in; they're ready to go too. So we're heading to the Detrion system to save it. But uh, I think this is where Tendi's like, I have an idea. We I think this is where she pitches the idea. Let's go to Orion and talk to my sister. Um, get a battleship. Get a battleship, which they're just going to use as a battery ram, basically. Um, <laughs> it's shaped so, like one, <laughs> right? <Yeah>. Conveniently. Uh, <laughs> So back here, yeah, Nick Lacarno chasing Mariner still with that Genesis device, although she's uh, she's getting away pretty fast. These Ferengis are going after her. Uh, and then she commandeers a ship that's been stolen here. 
uh, turns out to be a Steamrunner class, which we oh all. Oh my god! I was so excited on. about this. Yeah, well, I didn't well, jump on it, the Steamrunner. I was going to say half the people in our ranking, so I was so glad that this came up because most people didn't know what it was. I was like, uh, and it is obscure. I, you know, I won't, I won't throw shade at anybody for not knowing a Steamrunner class, but I was like, oh, the Steamrunner. Like, there's there is a community of people out there that like find a lot of uh fond feelings for the steamrunner class and then here it had its giant hero moment like the mm -hmm. next week man it was so cool how that happened right i used to play a game called star trek armada yeah, and uh and armada 2 and uh, mm -hmm. the steamrunner class was like your long range sort of siege um ship that could fire from further away but it was very weak if you went up and attacked it directly mm -hmm. um but it was sort of like, it was like a long range ship um, we see here the ship that she takes is called the USS Passaro NCC 52670. Okay, uh, a reference? So, Anybody know? I don't know what that Ooh. was. Oh, okay, Passaro. I've never heard that. Yeah, me either. So, we'll see, that comes up in the fun facts. Um, it's a very boxy kind of looking ship, but uh, it's, I, I like it. Um, so then we get uh, them stealing it. Yeah, this is where Nick Lacarno arguing with the Romulans. Uh, we have to go after her. Get and they're like, why don't who cares? She just let her go. And they're like, she's like, no, we have to get that Genesis device back. Then we go over to Orion, uh, to the the Tendi family estate, where I guess De Erica has now taken her place as the head of this uh pirate family. Um, and uh, you know, she's 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 trying to merge criminal empires here. She can't be seen consorting with Starfleet. Um back here doing the voice uh d er i like how her name is d erica i talked about that last time we had an episode with her <laughs> there's uh, d erica and beth <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and funny da beth or beth um <laughs> she's voiced by that uh the one from uh, modern family ariel winter um anyway so they make like well i i think this is where uh tendy de demands trial by barter or whatever I demand barter by combat. That was good. Uh, catch up with Mariner and the Steamrunner, uh, the USS Pissarro uh, that she's kind of piloting on her own here. She's like, "Where are we gonna escape here? Uh, warp disabled. Where am I gonna go? I need somewhere to hide. I need somewhere to hide." And she almost runs into the Q wall here, the Trinar shield, as we see. Mm -hmm. uh, Nick Larno says that's also meant to keep ships out, but also keeps ships in. Like you. She has the, the device buckled in. <laughs> she has the device. She keeps like patting in it and like going, yeah. good, 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 good. Uh, she tries to blast a hole through it, but it doesn't work with the phasers. Uh, so the trial by barter back on Orion is the next scene after that. Uh, where, I don't know, I don't know what Tendi's plan here was kind of, this is where it lost me a little bit. Um, I was like, if you want barter by combat, why don't you do the combat? Um, Tendi, more specifically, Devana Tendi. Um, you oh, know, look at that from Damon. Is that true? That's crazy. So that's a throw. That's a shout out to like a what Eagle Moss Collections mainstay for whom he had created countless Star Treks. Fabio Passaro was model. the Eagle Moss guy, and Eagle Moss. I think Eagle yeah. Moss went bankrupt, didn't it, or something? They yeah, did. Like sad. <laughs> Very sad. And now we can't even print three uh, D ships on Star Trek Online. So. Uh, uh. The places to get our model ships have really diminished uh, in recent years. Big uh, time. 
Yeah, which so is just tight. driving the price up on all of them, and it's so it's. I'm hard glad to I have the ones around. I have. So yeah, there's that. But yeah, they're gonna be color clippers. I am so, but da Beth or whatever. There's, there's um, Beth. Beth. <laughs> it's just Beth. <laughs> so she she's the um the the champion for De Erica, uh, and then they're like, well, who are you gonna pick? You know, Ransom? Or are you gonna pick uh, Kayshawn? <laughs> Shaxx? Frothing at the mouth. Frothing at the mouth. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go for Doctor Miglimel. Why is Bigley Mo even there? <laughs> <laughs> he never Why comes out of wave missions. He never normally <laughs> is there. Does anything? Does Bigley Mo have a, a uniform he just never wears, like Troy? Like he would presumably wear. Uh, I think that's the he meme. Must not be Starfleet. Be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or or yeah, but he might not be Starfleet. I, he's never worn one, which is right. too bad. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, so he's so yeah, they're like Miglamo. What? So uh, before we come back to that fight, we're still catching up with Mariner, still running away from the alien. She's like, I need somewhere to hide. I need somewhere to hide. Oh, unpredictable and dangerous space debris. Perfect. I'm gonna hide <laughs> in a great like, line. And these uh these things, um, these big crystal shards in the planet, uh, which she which she runs into here, and then like sort of uh, I guess she's getting fired upon. There's a lot that goes on here. If she eventually is able to like sort of hide and then power down the engines and go yeah, she, before she gets she, a, she gets the target lock from the nacelles and like blocks the Ferengi. She gets the target lock here on the Ferengi mm-hmm. first, and she's like, you know, why are you working for Locarno? He sucks. You know, we're, we're more profit for us. What was the what was the rule of acquisition we got here? Like, don't 91. forget. Like, um, your boss is only as good as the money he makes you or something like that right but it was like the you forget the other rule they that uh shoot first and first ask questions make profit, profit later, later or something make profit. <laughs> count your profit later <laughs> count your profit later <laughs> so they're going out it's they're they're uh firing on there that's uh sorry a lot of action here it's hard to kind of think. it's your space then, battle this is where she's like, yeah, like ignite the, the ignite the plasma, uh, and it like freezes over the Ferengi's uh, viewport the here. Release oh, the coolant, yeah. which also reminded me of Star Trek Online. Really coolant leak, coolant leak. <laughs> uh, but like, we got a coolant leak. Can that be? It's space, <laughs> right? Much colder than that, you know. Uh, than the total absence of heat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it works. It does go here. Okay, then we let's go back to the fight here with Miglamo and Beth or whatever. Um, Miglamo's <laughs> outfit was hilarious, by the way. Uh, <laughs> he's a gladiator. He dressed here. Uh, he's he's like, still got the glasses down, though. Miglamo, fluff your down. Yeah. Please, <laughs> madam, perhaps we could settle this over a delicious bowl of slime. Give <laughs> it a delicious bowl of slime. Uh, she's going at him here. Uh, you know, like, why was this your but, but Tendi looks so confident, like, her plan is gonna play out here. She's like, yeah. Uh, well, he's gonna fluff his down, fluff your down, fluff your down. But I'm so but it's bad. embarrassing, it's embarrassing. <laughs> Just do it, which he does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a funny image. They have so much fun with this character. He's like, he's a big bird. What are we going to like? Let's just go ridiculous. You have with to him. have fun with this character. It's Paul F. Tompkins. Yeah, it's Paul F. Tompkins. That's on true. Here. Also, even right. just the role of like counselor is kind of, kind of meme you know? You yeah. Sort of meme on it. And the way, yeah, the way that Star Trek handles it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really just talking to somebody about your problems. Could be a counselor, could be someone else. Uh, mm-hmm. I also love this line from Miglamo. Uh, Oh, except my flappity fisticuffs, you foul fiend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. My flip, my 
What is it? Flappity fisticuffs. Flappity fisticuffs, you foul feed. You, you foul feed. What's great about watching this in still but hearing the audio is I hear the I just I just am imagining the actor doing that. What's <laughs> so funny because he's hilarious. But he gets like sneezed upon here because the whole idea was that uh Beth or whatever was uh, allergic to the um the, the birds and Dust so she collapses something. from her allergies, but she crushes Miglamo in the process. So technically Miglamo loses the fight. He also got his bowl of slime. Um, he got it. He did get his bowl of slime. So that is one way to uh, resolve a, um, any kind of conflict here. Uh, so now, so now, the, but the Cerritos was what they put on the line. That was like what Captain Freeman gambled here. So now she owes them the Cerritos. She has to give the the ship transfer protocol over uh, until Tendi says, "No, you want something more than a ship." She's like, "I'm a pirate queen. What would I want more than a ship?" And she's like, "Me." <laughs> You can I love up. the thumbprint unlock though. <laughs> <It's so funny. laughs> uh, and I, guys, I couldn't help but feel like Billups in this episode <laughs> where you guys were trashing the California class in the last, uh, in our, our ship ranking convention. The She's the jewel of the California line. She is the gem of the California. Andy, shut up. Eddie, shut up. Um, she <laughs> is the so gem of the California class. Uh, well, I don't think anyone would here would dispute that, right? Even if you don't like the California class, she could still it's be It's the, the gem. gem of the California class? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I don't know, the old Death Valley. <laughs> That's a shuttle. We need a ranking stream of California classes to determine this. Um, I did like the, in the, the end of last season when we saw all the different variations on the California class, like the, even just the, the paint jobs and whatever. Um, that was fun. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so Tendi says, okay, well, if you give us the ship, only lend us the ship, then I will come back and rejoin, uh, which kind of is what the, the agreement is here. Uh, catch up with Mariner, still hiding in the debris, trying to get away. Looking at Detrion 9 as a planet in the system to that's uninhabited. She wants to like get rid of the Genesis device, so she's looking for somewhere to set it off. Um, as she starts Which, to move okay. away. One question. It's like, okay, yes, take it to an uninhabitable planet and set it off there. But why not just also set it off in the middle of space? Which yeah. Which ends up actually happening, right? Isn't that, yeah. isn't that what ends up happening? Kind of, yeah. Kind it of. just coalesces. It happens in the middle of a nebula. Into yeah. A, a nebula yeah. into a planet. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, they don't give us a reason in the episode, So, um, but maybe she had one. Anyway, but we see here that when she's going away, but she was actually being tracked by that Romulan ship we kind of liked, uh, mm -hmm. you know, looking kind of neat. Um, anyway, so then back here with the Cerritos, they got their ship from Tendi's uh, sister. Uh, a cool-looking Orion ship, I thought, like a different design we've never seen before. Um, I always like Orion ships. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what they're it is interesting. About. She's like, yeah. they're like, well, this ship is really old and beat up, and she's like, well, I never said it'd be a good one. So that's the deal, like you know. Since Jody's um, not here, I'll say it. It's a microphone in space. It's a dick in space. <laughs> yeah, he's saying a dick. But yeah. Uh, even, even like Billups and Rutherford are like, it would take us months to get this ship battle ready. Like, so, cause they wanted it to like go take a fight to, uh, to them. And then, then we get this other sidetrack here with Rutherford and his nemesis. Uh, I love this. Lovick. 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 Yeah. Right. And they're like, no, we need to do it here. Like, this was a real I, guns I and shields. No, we need power. We can't do that without these. There's only one way yeah. we can resolve this, <laughs> you know? It's like you yeah, just uh, fire it up. We need all the systems. He's just like they're all they're, they're interdependent. They don't have to be. They don't have to be. <laughs> to be. <laughs> That's so good. I so we it. had we had over the, to the twaining. 
which I, I pulled the clip here once. Well, I do say, uh... Well, I'll be happier than a milkman's horse. You know what you're talking about, Mr. Levitt. And you are a heaping helping a country fried intellect, my genteel friend. I do declare. We've settled upon a compromise. Why does this work? Illogical <laughs> tactics can sometimes lead to logical solutions. Dude, Livet crushed the accent, by the way. I don't know if oh, you yeah. noticed that. So good. Like, he's better than Rutherford. He just nails that. I'm happier than a, a milkman's horse. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Do declare my genteel friend. Uh, I, might, we, we, I might start tweening. Who's to say? I need a twain stream. Yeah. You need to show up at one of these, uh, one of your podcasts in Twain, and do the accent the entire time. I'll be I very think impressed. That can be do. That can be done. Uh, <laughs> basically, you're just doing a Colonel Sanders impression. Yeah, don't don't uh, test Dave. I don't know if you've heard Star Trek Radio, but his bones is Kentucky. Oh yeah, he was sure. an old prospector. Um, <laughs> you know, so go back and listen to my McCoy. Uh, yeah, anyway, so uh, Mariner is getting attacked by the Romulans here, who were chasing guys. Are her. we still sure about the coloring on that ship? It's mostly green, but it has yeah, but like I, you, gray with lights. But green no, lights. I think there this side of it is on red. Um, I see yeah, all these ships red. got like a like a spray paint of red, like they're they've got bad graffiti on them. So well, and I saw the some of them had like that Nova Squadron symbol like carved into them. So maybe they've been like oh. that's, that's part so of maybe like, it's the like decaling then. Like well, yeah, yeah, it's decals. That's exactly uh, what it is. Right, uh, but it does look. It does. I, I still like the design of it and the use of like that Romulan sort of hollowed out kind of look. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they're like, uh, we know we had to. We I think Mariner appeals to them like, you're not. Why are you working for Locarno? Just like she did with the Ferengi. Like we're all equals. <laughs> he allows Equal us to leaders. scheme independently. <laughs> yeah, we're scheming and betraying people independently. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, she's so Mariner keeps mocking them, and then you know, Lacarno shows up on the feed. He's like, No, see, we're all equals and we're all working together. I built a new federation, you know. Um, as he as he catches up here in Nova One, uh, like now they have her surrounded. Sorry, I'm just trying to yes, remember where this goes from next. all sides, but not up and down. Not up and down. All, but, sal yeah. all sides is everything but up and down. Have you ever seen Star Trek? There's no such thing as up and down. Yeah. I think you guys are right. They spray painted the ship red and they put on this symbol. Yeah. Uh, they did it for all of them. They all have yeah. like this like, little, little, little graffiti of red in the corner of them. But now that I see the symbol head. on the ship, it makes perfect sense that they just cut that, that that is a coloring on it. That doesn't make yeah. sense. Um, anyway, so Mariner's surrounded all, everywhere but up and down. Correct. Uh, yep. she, she she tries to get away anyway. <laughs> she goes left. Uh, she goes <laughs> left. The uh, the, the rest of them don't want to go after her because she's going in the nebula. It's like the Mutara like nebula that she goes into, and the rest are like, forget her. Who cares? And uh, but um, Locarno would not let it go. He's like, we need the Genesis device, and I'll do it myself. You cowards! Uh, you must be strong. He's strong. So he goes in here. And then we get this kind of what I did like about the episode was kind of this callback to Wrath of Khan and the whole like uh you know, like the Reliant versus the Enterprise. Uh, there's battle. a ton of those callbacks and i love it so much in fact the more that i'm watching this the more i'm convinced that that really nostalgic awesome music that's playing at the end of the episode is from the wrath of god now I think you're somebody right. somebody check me on this but at the very end of the episode i was going oh, i know and love this music and i don't know where it's from but I, it's got to be it's got to be wrath right right uh so then um lacarna ship gets struck by lightning here mariner gets the drop on him Oh, but they can't really see each other. It's like that same thing, like Wrath of Khan, where they're kind of on the top of each other. They're having this conversation. Is this where the Binars ditch him? 
uh the trine yeah they shield. ditched him at this point he's like damn binars oh yeah and they're coming at it this is where he gets like the notification that they're coming with the orion ship captain freeman uh with her announcement and we i love how it's like it's like ten thousand kilometers and it's like it's just like this countdown here well it's coming out here boimler in command on the bridge loved this acting captain boimler was the best man yeah. <laughs> i was so ready for him he just voice. nailed that i like how this admiral's like who the hell are you you know <laughs> <laughs> so good admiral vassery is his name um mm. Clean you know, he's like, well, I'm doing it for Captain Freeman. You know, I, I I did like how this all played out. I like how we didn't know the exact plan of what they were doing here. So Cerritos is towing this Orion ship with the tractor beam, uh, you know, aiming it right at the shield. Uh, we got to mention the really beautiful animation in this episode, too. Every ship you end up seeing oh, yeah. in space looks Gorgeous. so good. And when they're in the nebula, it is unreal. It's just some of the best I've seen. Yeah, I totally with you on that. Um yeah, so they're going here. And then they like so they let go of the of the tractor beam. They let the momentum of the Orion ship keep going. And we think that Captain Freeman is inside of it, right? So we're not understanding quite what's going on here. Uh, as the Orion ship collides here with the with the shield, um, taking down the Trinar shield, which is I think where Boy, we realize it's a this throw a rock moment. Yeah, throw mm -hmm. a rock. Uh which punches a hole basically in the shield um that the binars created. And then we see here. That it's the yacht, the captain's yacht, guys. The, the seldom used captain's <laughs> the yacht thrown through here. Uh, I think there's even a lie. Like, I've never someone actually used the captain's yacht. It's <laughs> the first time I've seen someone use the captain's yacht. <laughs> Is it really the first canon use of the captain's yacht? I, I would believe I it if so. you said Girl, yes. Because Didn't Picard take one one time? In Insurrection, mm, no. didn't he? Or did he not? No, he was going to, but then he oh, ends up not. But I he think. doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Or something like that. Oh my you know? gosh! Yeah, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Right. I, well, I always like because uh, I in Star Trek. I back always back to Star Trek Online. Uh, I yeah. have like the Intrepid class, right? And I love how the aero shuttle comes out of it. Oh, comes out and, of it. You can see it leave the ship. Oh, it's so yeah. cool, man. It's in so Star Trek Online, Davin, his, my my bridge officer, based on him, ah. uh, uh, is the, is the pilot of the aero shuttle. Oh, nice. Uh, on that ship. When we're in trouble, we send Davin down to the aero shuttle, and then he starts busting up some heads. Well, the actual view of the of the captain's yacht that we just got there, that is straight out of STO, isn't it? That's the exact yeah. model of the right. captain's yacht. They give all the lifetime members, right? Um, yeah, 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 because I've got that. I know you do, too. Yeah, yeah. That's a beautiful-looking uh, thing. Um, yeah, so they got the plan here. This is this is where all the other lower deckers start turning on Carno, yeah. Carno, sorry. Uh, binars. Even the binars. <laughs> uh, he's like, these stupid binars. And they all like leave them behind he even here. had an end transmission with the cobalt symbol. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's their official end transmission. Everyone, every <laughs> galactic power has to have like a symbol for their end transmission. That's just how it goes. <laughs> kind of true, would. actually. <laughs> Mine's behind me. Yeah. There you uh, go. Another shot there of that Steamrunner class. Uh, you, I love it, man. I'm glad it's to see kind it. of got that same thing with the Cerritos, though. How it has that engineering section that's way down below. Yeah, there. Uh, true. So I don't think Davin likes it. Then, uh, am I wrong, Davin? Uh, was the what the Steamrunner? No, look how look how the engineering section is down here, just like in the Cerritos. You have to take those nacelles to get down to it. <laughs> it's less distance. It's, I always though. thought the Steamrunner had a connecty bit. Yeah, and I'm thinking of the Thunderchild. Yeah. Not oh, quite the, the Thunderchild. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a death trap. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I get assigned there to the USS no. Pissarro. No. Maybe yeah. I did rag on the uh, 
steam runner. I have to go back. Maybe you're glad you did now because it's like you can yeah. see there from that angle that that it's got to be a it's got to be a third the distance though. Yeah, it's not as California extreme class, as it right? does on the California, but it's <laughs> okay. definitely not the it's easiest. Not as much of a death trap. Not as much. <laughs> it's just slightly less. So. Harm reduction here. Um, so anyway, so so Mariner is uh, kind of cornered by Locarno. Uh, it's the episode in the battle in the, in the nebula is coming to a head. Uh, so Mariner tries to set off the Genesis device. I love how it's got like the Ferengi um, gaming AI. paywalls and whatever. <laughs> Two strips of platinum. Yeah. Um, it's about to go off. And this is where Locarno then beams in with a phaser rifle. He's, you know, this is where I was like, he's you know, ready to shoot her in the face. She's like, you're not a murderer, Nick. He's like, well, maybe I am. But another uh, beautiful throwback to actual wrath, right? Because that is the exact animation complete with lens flares of the uh, Genesis device. I, sort of I love the off. way it was like lens flaring, the way it was animated. It was yes. beautiful. It was awesome, uh, man. Such a yeah. throwback. So, like it's it just looks so good against the animation. Uh, mm -hmm. What does Mariner do? Like pull out Locarno's heart here or something? Um, <laughs> yeah. Gonna eat it. The old uh, the old Sub Zero fatality. <laughs> yeah, she punches him. Yeah, she he almost kills Mariner with this shot. Uh, and then she she kind of surrenders here to him, and he's like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna kill you." And he goes to shoot her, but just at the last minute, I think she gets beamed away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so. Cementing him as a villain, I think, here with this, with this, sadly, yeah. yeah, uh, less so with this. Uh, and then he's left on the Passaro as he's being you know, Mariner's beamed away by Captain Freeman onto the captain's yacht, uh, which is then you know getting away. Hey, look, we got everything he has here. Um, man, I love that way that looks, it's so good, it's so good, yeah, yeah. the lighting is incredible, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Kay, Kay always giving us those those metaphors. Yeah, sails unfurled. Sails unfurled. Sales unfurled. She's you like that means die by moonlight. That means we gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they try one last time to like convince Nick to leave or like uh, to um, uh, you know not die out here, but he doesn't want to. So they have to get they have to get the hell out of there before everything mm. blows up. Um, as as he's trying to turn it off. And he's like, they put a they put a paywall on this device <laughs> yeah, on a bomb. He defuses the bomb. He defuses the bomb. He's like, ha, I knew I would. And they're like, okay, if you want to defuse a ball, it's two bars, strips of latinum. <laughs> yeah, he did graduate top of his class. Of course, he knows how to disarm a bomb. Right, of course. Well, he didn't graduate. Yeah. <laughs> Mariner makes that distinction to him. Uh, and uh, yeah, and it blows up, uh, killing him, destroying the Pissarro, and uh, eventually turning this nebula much like in Wrath of Khan. Uh, uh, and I was going to say, do you have the shot? Because this is the last reference I was going to say about the throwbacks because the multi-wave rings explosion yeah. is exactly identical from it's when identical. it blew up. And it's so good. I love this so much. Yeah, here in like this yes. version, this new the new planet is born. And then back the on the... You cobalt symbol in that. It, 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 it is a little I bit too. I guess it kind of does. Yeah. Like the Colbert yeah. Starburst, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it kind of kind of fittingly and on this new planet that's gonna be born called Lacardo. Yeah, uh, we'll see. <laughs> We're gonna come in here. Uh, Captain Freeman talking to the admirals who don't give her too hard of a time for disobeying orders and going off book here, uh, based on the results. Yeah, yeah no, nobody was nobody shot a fire, you know, so no wars were started. It all yep. kind of resolved itself. Um, right. And there's a new world, and she's opened up uh uh, talks with the Orions, which they haven't been able to do in centuries. 
but p- based on yeah, like talking to with the Tendy's family and stuff like that. Uh, we also Which see I still like, believe it's going to be expanded upon because the next time we see them, she'll probably be leading the Orions and bringing them into Starfleet. Who knows? Right. Well, ch- just check out that. Uh, there's all the specs there on the new planet of Locarno, the new class uh, planet. Uh, so it looks like its uh, rotation period is 0.54 sols. So, mm. I, so it's a pretty quick year. Uh, every uh, year for Earth is two years for Locarno. Um, and Char class. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so then we catch up with Mariner, who's reunited with her lower deck friends. Big hug. Lots of heartwarming things to kind of uh, put put off the episode. And then uh, Mariner saying, "Like guys, I know I've been dealing with some demons lately. I've been not been acting myself. I'm 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 in a better place now. I've worked through a lot of that." And uh, and then you know they're like, "We're just glad you're okay." And like, I love this walk and talk with the five lower deckers to end the episode. This was fun. Strong sort of. Um, uh, just kind of moment for the crew here and the friends as they are heading to the bar. And you know what you do there. Um, get, drunk. get drunk. Let's get drunk. Yeah. Good um, I'm with Norman, by the way. I think it would have been hilarious, like walking through the Nova One ship with all the evil people all over it. If you just walked by and saw some storage containers sitting <laughs> in the corner, I would have, I would have left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we see he goes by... Um, What's his villain's uh, name or his Newman's name? Livick. Uh, Livick. Yeah. And th- she's like, I thought you were friends now. He's like, only when we're twaining. Otherwise, we're <laughs> mortal enemies. Livick. <laughs> Livick. They need uh, to just turn engineering into that like twain set. Yeah, they they're all twains. All the and then everyone gets along. Twi- yep. Amazing things happen. The productivity uh, would go through the roof. Right. Uh, no more so buffer time. Some nice moments here to kind of end the episode. Of course, we see Talyn here. She gets a call uh, whether she wants to get a from Captain Sokol. Now that she's famous and having done all this big, exciting stuff in this mission. But she says, no way, Sokol. Get bent. I'd like to stay here with the uh, on the in Starfleet and on the ship. I think I can work on it better here. Heck and, yeah. I, and, and be science besties. I can pull this. I prefer she's to focus like- my time on becoming your science bestie. Ah! Don't you say that if you don't mean it. Why would I say anything I do not mean? <laughs> I was so excited she actually said it. She said science bestie. Talyn is science the- bestie. And they're like, can we do it? Can we do the lower decks? And then they start doing the lower decks chair. Of course, Talyn doesn't do it. But, you know, she's Vulcan. Uh, <laughs> so. Lower decks cheer. Right. Uh, away, but, but then the Orions show up to claim Devon Tandy. What do you guys think of this uh, Orion ship? I wouldn't have called it Orion seeing it from the corner, you know, just seeing it show up. I wouldn't have thought it isn't green, but it's, uh, not, uh, it's a little on the on the underside of it, it's a little green. But yeah, it's mostly it's red and orange. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of Ferengi cool. colors. If you reorganize that into a Ferengi ship, the colors would make perfect sense. I kind of yeah. like the viewports on the front. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like we see how much how big it is compared to the Cerritos. And the Cerritos is not small like either. So um, pretty, pretty big uh, ship. I guess that that's. Probably a Tendy's sister's flagship, maybe or something. Yeah, like that. probably. Um, anyway, but then Captain Freeman shows up, and says, uh, "Devana, you have to now go off with them, based on the Orion, all the stuff with the Orions now, and everything else going on there." So there, it's a bit of a sadness to end the episode as Tendy has to go away. The goodbye here between her and Rutherford, I thought, was uh, pretty sweet. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and heartfelt nacelles, whatever. Make sure they're. They have no yeah. build up. Oh. Oh, yeah. Tendy's uh, the best. 
Right. Uh, as she is, she has to beam away guys. And they said, well, you know, she'll be back and she'll, she'll be better than ever. She loves Starfleet too much. We don't have to worry. This is only temporary. And of course now to Lynn here to kind of round out still, you know, have at least four lower deckers, um, showing up here as our main cast. Um, what else is there? Was there one final joke here? I guess I can't even remember. So you can see a little bit the, the here at the back. It's a little bit more green looking here mm-hmm. on the ship. Um, as Tendi uh, warps away on board. Uh, it's like what you get when you mix a starship with a transformer. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. That's a weird ship. Yeah. Anyway, but Tendi's like, okay, well, I'm here now and I'm going to rock it. Let's go. You know, badass. Oh, look at that determination. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then we just, at the, at the end of the episode here, what's a comment here from Damon? Cousteau and Calypso are only two named captain's yacht on memory alpha the Cousteau oh, they have and the, names which one's which Cousteau and the calypso uh, oh, the Cousteau is definitely picard's captain's yacht yeah. come on oh okay so each captain gets like a name is yeah. the yacht i guess that makes sense um and i like how i just like the transition here on the credits we got not traditional lower decks credits right where it's it's based off the warp away here on the the ryan ship uh there we got the mm-hmm. shannon phil back as cedo jaxa robert duncan mcneil's nick locarno and Will Whedon as Wesley Crusher. It felt really cinematic at the ending. I'm telling yeah. you, like the music was straight out of a movie. The goodbye yep. felt like significant. The ending wrapped up in that transition into space. It just felt like we were, like it was a bigger thing than just the end of a random season. It felt like a like a like a movie, like the end of a big movie. I don't know. It was a, it was cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Now I kind of like uh, this for Lacarno. I didn't need the redemption story. Now let me tell you a little what something why. Now if you believe Star in Starfleet's decision. To reject and kick the Carnival out of Starfleet because he's not Starfleet material. That's what they they why they really uh, oh he got somebody killed as well. But like he's not a team player is what they. <laughs> he's just not material so though. But we're gonna go. That's not Starfleet. He would he would have made so, a bad Starfleet officer. Clearly. He would have made a bad Starfleet officer. Yeah. So this was like a suitable ending for him. Like he was not the kind of guy to get that redemption story. At least not as a Starfleet type officer. I, I actually agree with that completely. This is a I good was, way to go. I, I was definitely the one that that thought that he could have, and and I would have liked to have seen him benefit from a redemption arc. But I I agree with you. I think that he, as the character that he was, and in that moment, he definitely should have been kicked out of Starfleet, like hundred percent. In fact, I'm kind of surprised that it was just him that was kicked out of Starfleet as a result of all that. I just would have hoped that maybe he would have bettered himself. I'm just. You know, well, he had, unlimitedly like a Starfleet uh, optimist. <laughs> so. like, like at the end of the at the end of that episode, the first duty, he takes the fall, and Wesley Crusher goes, "He did what he said he would. He did it." Yeah, you know, but like took it for the team. Surprise. But he was also the one who like, got no, the Albert took it in for the, the team. But... but they all chose it too. So, so I I don't know. Like I think they were all complicit. I don't think you can lay it all on the Clarno, but they he, were. He was totally. the most popular guy. Right? Yeah. Okay, so my my thoughts about this episode, um, I didn't think it was a crazy cinematic ending. I was actually pretty let down by this ending and this episode. I was watching this being like, okay, cool. So Locarno spent all these months gathering all these lower deckers to mutiny and, and become a bunch of rogue ships and all that stuff. Builds a, a Q shield and all these things to get a terraforming bomb to end starfleet was that his goal oh, the genifis device is powerful you could definitely like you could end a planet but once he uses that on a planet what was his ultimate goal 
I think he wanted to create a new society that was based on like breaking convention, rejecting institutions like Starfleet and the Federation. Okay, and so do you guys, I don't know how familiar you guys are with South Park, but do you remember this episode of South Park where the hippies come to town and they start talking about how they want to barter and do all these things and build an economy yeah. and the boys well, are like, your community, con- it's yeah, called a town. That. Yeah, it's called a town. Exactly. Yeah. That's what this <laughs> that's is. Locarno's the hippie that's coming in and he's trying to build Starfleet, but Starfleet's already there and he's only trying to build it because he's power hungry and obsessed with being in Starfleet. But I like that analogy, Murphy. <laughs> you know? And and it, I don't know. It, it just kind of felt silly to build all season up to this potential big bad, this potential you know, uh, puppet string master, new species race, something that could have been ultimately more overarching in the uh, rogues gallery of Star Trek. And it didn't do that for me. It just gave me Nick Lacarno, who fumbled the ball in one day because he <laughs> let a lieutenant junior grade get inside the lines and then just like take his bomb and then completely so discord amongst all of his mutiny with a couple like calls like it was just so rapid and fast and just kind of wasted all this intrigue that they build up all season and for me it was a huge disappointment so that that is a super good point and i think my my counter to that would be do you think that our expectation of what it should have been and your level of disappointment is actually a sign not that they dropped the ball on this, but that they've been doing so well that we have advanced what we're expecting from them. Because this is no different from the uh, the the Packleds becoming the big villain. They took a whole season for that too. It was silly, admittedly silly. We were all happy with it being silly. It had there was no point to that. Some, but now we feel like it should have a point and it should be a dramatic reveal. I mean, is that is that just an evolution oh, of us I, as an I audience? I think this is perfect. I see what you're saying. I agree with you if that's what you're throwing down there, Merrick. It's it's perfect. This is a perfect lower decks villain. Right. Which they we thought the same thing was true of that was of neglected or underused in Star Trek, like the pack leads or like so yeah. many other things that they've used, and they put it to good use. In like, right, this was the most Lacarno was ever going to get. Oh yeah, and it's a good, it's a good out for him. And if you thought that they did that character a little bit dirty, that's why they put that little shine on the end. They're like they get his little culvert starburst that he exploded into, and then they create and the name of the planet. And they call it yeah. Lacarno. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that it is like for those of us who are in the know, who sort of grew up with that and sort of the reference that uh, we're just so excited to see the reference and to see that unfold. Like, I think it, it is exactly what you would expect from Lower Decks as a villain, as a connection, as a throwback, as a, as a reference that we would all love and would have universally loved two seasons ago. I think there is like a some sort of evolution that's happening with some people about what they were hoping for or expected from this but i think that's just a compliment to lower decks having kicked so much ass and i think that this villain for me anyway uh was everything i'd want from for for lower decks yeah like i i can't disagree with murphy's point that um the fact that lacarno uh lets mariner steal his like insurance policy so easily that he has no security on his ship that he's so seemingly incompetent and, you know, where we are kind of always presented that he was a very uh, intelligent, very capable guy, not Starfleet material per se, but but not not a, not an idiot. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that that's a little bit disappointing. I think killing him off here at the end maybe is a little 
unnecessary. They could have even kept him around. Um, to, yeah, it just it just it's yeah. like they wrapped up that storyline is seemingly so quickly in was like one episode. Like I feel like I don't but, know there could have been more to it. That's that's part of the perfection of it because Lacarno is the character that Star Trek doesn't even want to exist anymore because Tom Paris is kind of Lacarno. Like <laughs> they just want to get rid of Lacarno anyway, and this is like the most hilarious lower decks way to do that. And in the weirdest way, really gave him that part. sort of redemption arc t- in that tiny way. They wrapped up that bow for it. It's really, I think, it's a fascinating I just, thing. I think it's beautiful. Me, I would have, I would have just liked to have like gotten a little more insight on what exactly he was trying to go for aside from just seemingly getting a bomb and starting a new starfleet like it just it i don't know i i, it's I think it's like, he, he had a shitty plan just like the covert starburst it was a shitty plan like right, he's, he's the shitty plan yeah. guy maybe yeah, yeah. I, I think that like in this 22 minute episode or whatever it is i feel like we didn't have time for them to go to orion and to get that ship and do all this other stuff i think i would have rather them include like the Ma, or like our Klingon friend from last episode. He wasn't in yeah, this at all. Yeah, where was what he? All that. Yeah, yeah where yeah, was, where's, where's that? Like all that that setup plot from the last episode with the handful of of, of aliens that took back the Klingon ship. Where, like, why didn't that play in? That would yeah. have made way more. Uh, 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 they, uh, like them getting revenge or something. Yeah, right? that would yeah. have made a far more sensible B plot. Them teaming up with the Cerritos and them and the Cerritos having to try and get in. Like, I, okay, yeah, sure. They get into Ryan sized rock and throw it at the shield, and that's what breaks it. And, like, I even have a problem with that. Like, like, okay, one, I'm supposed to A, believe the Cerritos is B, dragging this giant ship across C, how far of a distance, and D, less than an hour? Like, the time frame coming. of that yeah it's just so convenient and then you know she's there the you know captain freeman's there just in time to beam her daughter out before the big nuclear explosion like it was all just so convenient um and i feel like there was things that were set up that weren't quite paid off specifically with the the banded alien captains inside the klingon ship i feel like that should have played a bit of a more prominent role in the final arc because it's just like they hopped on the ship. They got it back, and then that was it. That was the end of that story. Yeah, we don't we don't see really even how they get it handed off to the Cerritos. But and I just like that guy who plays Ma. He's really funny. In the past, yeah. Klingons believed humans to be weak and easily defeated, but your species has proved it's Toduge. It's Toduge. Yeah, it's proven it's Toduge. Norman's like, I, what's wrong with making the episode more than 22 minutes? Like, it was a season finale. I mean, finale. nothing for third. a season finale. They could they could absolutely do that. Um, I, I It's so weird for me because I'm trying to think about how I feel about those criticisms. And if I were to be watching an episode of Strange New Worlds or, or Picard or Disco, I'd probably bring that level of, like, critical observation to it. I think it's really interesting that the show has grown so much because what like to compare it again to the Packlets thing that was when we were all completely fine with it being really stupid and not right. serious at all and they we had no critical view about it whatsoever so there's there's i think two things i think the show has grown so much and i love that we brought it up a couple of episodes ago about whether or not lower decks is required to be slapstick funny and not serious at all because it's clearly making strides in in a different direction towards not having to be that way in which case we have then broadened our expectation of a more serious show but then 
the other difference I think between the season where that was the big bad reveal and this one is that along the way for the packleds, we were getting tiny glimpses of things happening as it was going, and the and they were getting progressively more slapstick or or at least less serious or less ominous as it was going, right? So in this in this season, every episode was giving some sort of throwback to, or throw out to this big building bad thing but it was staying serious and ominous and mysterious the entire time until the very very end and then somehow we had built it up in our heads to be something that they probably never promised that it would be you know this is kind of like us so it's fascinating the evolution of the show uh we tricked we you jane way that was the caliber of bad guy just two seasons ago. So like, right. you know, things have, things have changed. Things have evolved. I agree. And now uh, I, I don't even think of Lord X as just like this comedy show. I think of it as, yeah. as, as I think about it, all the Star Treks, like, you know, I'm like, it's canon. So, it's, mm, canon. Yeah, it's canon. <laughs> it's funny, but it doesn't have to be all the time. You know, yeah. I think so, it's more canon than most of Star Trek. Yeah. It's more faithful to canon. How about uh, more canon than most of modern Star Trek? Can we say that? <laughs> <laughs> I won't back that statement if it's all of Star Trek. But Join like... us for Star Trek Discovery Season 5 reviews coming up in Woo! the new year. Uh, David won't be coming. Baby. Uh, Led by <laughs> Franks. Let's go, buddy. Let's go. All right, guys. I think we're ready for our ratings. Let's ra let's let's uh, let's let's uh, finish out this season of Lower Decks with our rating on old friends, new planets. Um, I'll go first I, I mentioned i didn't like this as much as the last episode i still liked it so i think it's about a nine for me like it's mm. it's you know good but not I, perfect I, I echo your nine. Oh yeah. man if you had picked me first it was gonna be nine my did i gave a 9.5 last week it was an excellent episode i agree with you that this isn't quite as strong but i loved it it's still a nine it was still an awesome awesome still great this season and murphy seven seven okay well it's not bad but it's kind of maybe disappointing for a finale i get where you're coming yeah from. out of all out of all all the, all the lower decks finales this felt like the emptiest like there wasn't oh. really um i guess a huge payoff or, or a really big cliffhanger other than like okay so tandy's going back to orion but like there's nothing else that's you know? big like that's what do you want that's a main character leaving the show big, that, that, that was a big development and perhaps I just, the most beloved character and i feel like he was yeah. just shoehorned into this episode a little bit so uh, uh, i will say yeah. yeah that's what that's kind of my feeling i also feel like it was shoehorned in the episode i feel like a lot of the ideas in this episode were shoehorned into the season just to wrap it up um i feel like they probably could have maybe used another 10 minutes to brush upon a couple things that they they tripped across the whole season they didn't that do is that. such a good point for all of lower decks right now though don't you think i feel like the show has grown beyond 22 minutes like they're taking themselves so much more seriously they're they're telling they so many need, they stories. need an hour i think they need an hour man I, we've been saying in our discord we need a animated star trek that is serious and a full hour like a real commitment star trek that's animated that's actually serious and, and commits to it That'd i would love fun. it Love yeah. it, man. but like, Absolutely. what 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 does that really mean if it's actually serious? Because I, honestly, I feel like Lower Decks is pretty serious. Like, it's yes, it's a cartoon, and I think take that medium off, and it loses the clown aspect of what cartoon is. In my opinion, Lower Decks is as serious and as canon as all of Star Trek combined and and, and it's canon i will give you the canon it's not trying the to be a comedy that's the difference it's yeah, yeah. To be it's, a half it's, hour it's, comedy they're, show. they're trying to hit a joke Eric's saying i'm not a comedy show 
and sometimes they need the jokes and sometimes they don't but yeah. okay yeah. okay if the if the animated series wasn't comedy would it actually be that good are you no. asking if animated TV series? Are you talking about the original animated good? series? <laughs> no, the I'm, answer, I'm talking course, about yes. like if they were to bring to bring in a, a whole new Star Trek show, yeah, animated style, probably not the same style because we sort of uh, contribute lower decks, or I guess you could say um, we match lower decks with like a, a mindset of comedy. So the art style is going to have to kind of be different for it to yep. be somewhat serious. I don't know, some sort of like american anime style you know prodigy. like it's gonna have to be a, a different art style like, or in the, in the prodigy style right? well because we have two concurrently uh, concurrent running star treks right now that are both animated and very yeah. different in style I, I i don't think that's any kind of barrier for it's well okay you know, well prodigy's existence. like leans towards kids lower decks very much like you're you got to be a lifelong trekkie fan to get half the jokes that are going on and it's a very adult show since just by the language alone so it's like, would there be really any benefit to an animated Star Trek show that just plays like every other Star Trek series that we have? Yes, uh, money no. and length. Well, you can you use could do, You could do 24 episodes do more. a season again. It could There's... be an hour long. It would be so much less money, and they could tell the real stories. I, I see no downside to that at all. You In fact, tell, you could also you tell stories and things you would never show, right? Hundred percent. Even with characters at different ages than they actually are, which you know we're we kind of see we've starting to see now in, in lower decks. Like you could do Be like anything. comic books, which I yeah. Like. You could do what I've always wanted as a Star Trek uh, show, which is like uh, the uh, temporal investigations. Uh, sort of I love temporal investigations. I love it too, and hopping all over the timeline of Star Trek, which would be that practically would be impossible. Cool. Unless you did it animated, then you could really thread through everything that's ever happened in Star Trek, and it would be amazing. It'd be an excellent show. That would. I know why I like you, Merrick. You were born on a Wednesday. Was I? <laughs> I was Temporal investigations would know. Oh, I see. <laughs> no, that's good. Anyway, that was Temporal investigations. <laughs> Right. It's such a the dragnet meme from that is so good. Yeah. It's just such a good. Right, I gotta get going. Me too. Me too. So, uh, okay. Well, guys, uh, our, 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 our collective rating tonight on this episode is a 8.5. And uh, this has an, uh, currently has an 8.9 on IMDb with about 118 votes. Uh, overall, season four turned out to be an eight and a half for us. It was, it's huh? tied with seasons two, three, and two and three, where season one was our. <laughs> Uh, collectively weakest season lowest yeah that's how i would still rank it to this day actually the season yeah. one is the weakest yeah mm -hmm. so hey that's uh there you go so another season done we'll probably be back next august i would guess probably for the next that's usually when the, these seasons come out so i always look forward to catching up with the lower decks uh I mean, that's if they've had time to write and draw it i honestly don't think we're aside from discovery i don't think we're getting in prodigy i don't think we're getting any new star trek from Strange New World, Lower Decks, or even the Starfleet Academy until at least 2025. Well, I'm Are sure you doing we'll find... a retrospective for the season, by the way? Somebody had asked that in... Um, uh, uh, we, in... We, ha we did for the first couple seasons. I'm not against it. We can just talk, like, get a, get a, a, round, uh, a round table just to talk about the whole season. I gotta go. It's okay, Davin. I know you gotta go. Hi, Davin. Right. So, Hi, Davin. We'll, I... we'll, we'll close it. Yeah, I want to see the the uh, the the television show wide uh, retrospective on Enterprise. You guys just did that, or you're, you're we're about it? to Monday. You're about to. I can't wait to see that one. I started Enterprise again, so I'll be ready for trivia next time. I'm going through. I'm going through <laughs> Enterprise, and I have so many 
strong feelings about what was really good, why that show could have been amazing, and was ruined by a few couple of just a couple of things. And we are going to talk about our uh, the, our top five rated episodes and our mm. bottom five rated episodes as well ah. in that in that review. Uh, I'll be there to watch. Are they as good mm-hmm. and as bad as we think they are? And if you mm. didn't see the review for that last Enterprise episode, you should check it out and watch Dave Mater froth at the mouth at how I I was merciless on These Are the Voyages. I was liking it, was, it or disliking it. Disliking it. It oh, was good like for, good on, you. on the Orion planet. His mouth yeah. was that frothy. <laughs> I was shacks frothing. So it was it was it was straight up. It's my least favorite episode of any Star Trek episode, maybe of any TV oh, episode ever. So that's it's wrong. It's very what strong. about I was... season one uh, finale of TNG Shades of Grey? I'd still watch that. So um, <laughs> I'd still I'd watch Code of Honor like ahead of that. So and I don't even like that. So um, you know that's that. But teach their own. If you like it, you like it. It's okay with me, uh, of course. Um, okay, well, guys, I got to get out of here. I got a big brother to watch, and uh, I got to catch up with Jamil a little bit later. But I want to thank uh, Davin and uh, Chris and Merrick for and Jody. Um, I think was Jamil here for an episode too. I think this season he was at one uh, point. Yeah, he did yeah. That. So I want to thank everybody who was contributing on the podcast this season. It's been a, a pleasure, always fun. Always look forward to the new episode and talking with you guys about it. I want to thank everyone in the comments, uh, like Sam and Norman and Damon and and, and the others who are always uh, following us and uh, giving us feedback on what they think on the episodes too. Always a great time um and uh yeah can't wait can't wait till season five whatever that happens i guess because it might be a while but i'm sure we'll find something to keep ourselves busy here on live long and podcast because we always have stuff going on i think soon probably this um because we have this gap here with um uh probably till discovery comes back we might get some radio theater going on in the near future uh gaming star trek gaming star trek gaming watch out for that of course we're 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 wrapping up enterprise um like a like a final podcast on monday and then we're starting we got deep space nine um coming back the week after that we got one more season to review season seven so look out for that on monday nights oh that's gonna be exciting Uh, just started season actually i'm just starting season four tonight so uh Ah, what you're starting season four that's when the show goes crazy Yeah, you can't I, stop excited. it for man that's when you just lose sleep because i mean the show well, just I, gets better and better and ramps up to the yeah, end i haven't started it yet i just finished uh the adversary last night and i was like oh, <sighs> episode. i think God, season I four season and five are so good there's so, and season six is season six has a lot of great episodes like yeah. some of the best episodes ever but it also sure. has some real like weird low points so for, for me it's like that show is such a roller coaster by season four like the dominion war in full swing and you just ride that all the way to the end like it, it, they the seasons blur together for me because i end up binging all from four to seven just totally yeah. done one thing we said about it was it was almost like that like because wharf joins the, the show that season and it, right. it was our analogy was it's like you have like this really great baseball team like it's ready to go to the world series but then you add like a clutch first baseman to the team and, and yeah. like it's just like unstoppable you know which for us was unstoppable and that's how we looked at it but at the time the crew which would probably feel or the crew of the uh the cast i should say of the show felt exactly like the baseball team would have felt bringing in that powerful hitter to just sort of win it for them they were like hey we were doing fine on our own we don't need this and then it ended up being oh, yeah, of course so say the best bench. Yeah. <laughs> um before we wrap up uh um merrick why don't you tell us what's going on over at the night shift also known as the delta shift podcast yeah it's gonna be the delta shift i'm trying to see if i can change my social medias to the delta shift because i think that's 
phenomenally hilarious. And of course, there's an amazing GIF or GIF or whatever going around with the chanting of the Delta Shift. Uh, we are going to be doing a podcast that I've been putting off for like over a year. I'm very excited about. I'm going to be trying to include a couple of members of the Live Long and Podcast crew coming next week. So I'll be doing that and then editing. Uh, very excited about that one. It's going to be a great discussion. I brought it up last week. It's going to be uh, the discussion about sort of faith, religion, and dogma and its portrayal in the universe of star trek um i think it Everybody was once in on that dude and i think it's a phenomenal time to discuss it like uh there's a lot of stuff going around and sort of representation in star trek at this day and age i think really sort of brings that in so i think it's going to be a great discussion very excited about that and i'm extremely happy uh to be doing more star trek gaming now so we just did a little bit of um resurgence i'd love to finish that up do a podcast about that i want to bring sto in we have plans in the llap crew for uh gaming yeah, division so lots of exciting things to come uh, absolutely awesome. we got the discord yeah we got the discords and all lots of things coming also check out our patreon if you want to support the channel you can get us on a mug or something and a shirt like that stuff exists you know go get it um it's it's great uh we we like we love all the support check out all their different divisions where it'd be the locutors attract or the science division or the, the gaming division which is going to be under the uh the gold banner right. uh, we have all kinds of different content here on the channel and we're part of a greater network of podcasts called the united federation of podcasts you can check out our website ufpodcast.com of which this channel is a part of uh we have shows but we have shows that aren't say. star trek are you into reality tv Maybe not, but maybe you are. So um, it's uh, we got like Big Brother and Survivor over on the Super Mater Brothers podcast. Uh, also the the Mary Mater Marvel Society, where we talk about Marvel comic books. Ooh, uh, we are brothers. We are brothers. We are brothers. The sensation you are feeling is the quickening. All right, and then uh, X rated uh, with Davin and Andre, where they talk about X Men. They just did an interview with Tony Daniels, the second voice of Gambit as well as like Great a whole episode. bunch of other things. It was an amazing interview. Go listen to that. It was hilarious. Um, Graphic Histories podcast with Andre Mayetta, uh, where he interviews people one-on-one -on -one in an audio format. Uh, it's a really fun podcast where he really gets into people's lives and careers and interests. I really recommend it. I was on it a couple weeks ago. Uh, there's Hold Up. That's a podcast with Davin and Murphy every second Wednesday where they talk about three movies in a theme, usually two uh, older movies and one newer movie. Uh, guys, what's on the horizon there? Uh, well, so we uh, actually are tuning into the airwaves on the next episode. Uh, we're doing a radio-themed episode with uh, Radioland Murders, Airheads, and Pontypool. And we've got uh, special guest uh, Patrick Walford from the Adobe uh, Howl radio station uh, joining us for that one. Very cool. Um, looking for that. And then Eamon Mater, uh, he does album reviews. Uh, he'll be, I think he's going to be doing a Black Sabbath album next week. Look out for that. And uh, the Hellbound podcast with Michael Chan, Alex Blackburn, uh, every Wednesday, talking horror. Okay, well, I think that's all the shows. Trivial debates as well. I don't have the banner here, but it, it's another yeah, we're show. Doing, uh, we're doing a uh, Transformer scene trivial debates for september or no november 12th and november 19th i think we're doing it on the 12th yeah it, it'll it'll be posted so keep an eye out for that 
Right on, right on. Okay, well, and with all that said, guys, I'm going to play us out on a, a clip. Thanks for uh, being with us, and we'll see you next season here on Lower Decks, and or maybe on the other things. I think this is the one I will go with. It might it take this might uh, take a second, but if you're tired of risking your life for soulless bureaucratic captains who don't even know your name, if you fear following the orders of incompetent commanders who failed in the seats of power, if you're stuck on the lower decks, then I invite you to join us in the deck. Patreon system. See you next time, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye, later.